0: Sports Person of the Year award this This, century.
1: We had this last week. Huh? This is not (laughs) void. What a farce. That's the crappiest crappy quiz.
2: OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs razor. With exfoliating bar. Now,
0: uh, if you're paying a bit of attention to what's going on over the next while, certainly over here, over the last couple of years, in fact, it's Nebraska against Northwestern in the uh, Erlingas College Football Classic at the Aviva. It's tomorrow evening. Delighted to say, Zach Carpenter, reporter on all things Nebraska for the Rivals Network, is with us. Zach, good morning to you.
2: Morning, guys. Appreciate you having me. Uh, first time out of the US and first okay. time in Ireland so I've been learning I just heard about hurling got the whole uh, lowdown on that from the yeah. Uber driver on the way over here hey, yeah. he was like oh, did he Did he try to explain to you that it's not as
0: dangerous as it looks Is that, that's typically what we say to people
2: I think that's what he was getting at but it's like fast physical like he told me look up like some YouTube yeah. uh, highlights I had two Uber drivers tell me that exact same thing like look up best of hurling I'm like yeah. alright now that two people have told me I actually have to, need to go and do that I have to go and do because it's interesting just to hear it's like an offensive fast paced game like kinda like basketball where the offense is at the advantage and you're expected to score so um
0: yeah, interesting. Offensive, depending on which uh, which team you're uh, you're behind. That's, uh, <laughs> that is definitely debatable. Um, Camer, we, we want you. We wanted to get you in to sort of explain to us some, for the likes of myself who'll be heading along uh, tomorrow, who hasn't really a clue what they're looking at. We wanted you to um, give us a bit of a look under the bonnet of exactly what we should be expecting. And from an Irish point of view, we love an underdog. So who should we be behind? Uh, Northwestern, then.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. it's interesting because uh, so I cover Nebraska uh, from that from there. And in the last four years, Nebraska just to sort of like give a quick background, in the nineties they won three national championships. They were like a powerhouse right up there with like Miami and Notre Dame uh in the nineties and then they had a couple one bad coaching hire and then like you know how things kind of roll um kind of downhill from there. Um and now they're trying to get back to that sort of that same precipice. They went three and nine last year and that, like the running joke in college football media is that Nebraska was the best three and nine team in like college football history because they lost nine games, all were by nine points or less. Eight of them were one by one were by one possession or less. So um, they're like ranked in the top twenty five of the college football analytics, even though they went three and nine. So mm. it's not as if they're just like this this power or whatever, but. Um they are the favorite on on Saturday, they're thirteen and a half point favorites. Um and so if you're if you're looking for an underdog, I go with the, the purple team, the Wildcats, <laughs> okay, and okay. I mean they uh maybe they endear themselves to, to Ireland a little bit. They're wearing um on their helmets, uh they have an N logo and they're like uh they um did an alternate color where like the Irish flag colors, which actually okay. looks pretty slick if you check it out. Yeah. Well, oh, we're no, we're no, suckers for so that sort of account.
0: stuff. So that's 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 all signed up straight away. So know, everyone's a Northwestern fan <laughs> now. <in> <laughs> Ireland, <laughs>
2: so
0: talk to us about um, the the just reading up about, about the game and the nuances of it. and The Nebraska offensive coordinator who just wants to pass, and the Northwestern defensive coordinator who has built his reputation at the Browns and the 49 Nineers trying to stop the passing game. So uh, it seems from everything I've read that that seems to be the pivotal. Uh, winning and losing in this game, who comes out on top of that?
2: Uh, on top of that, I think um, from Nebraska's point of view, offensively, um, they have pretty much a new offense at every position group: new quarterback, new running backs, um, at least at the core, new receivers. Offensive line is a big question mark, and that's what we keep harping on: is the as off- as this Nebraska offensive line goes, their offensive success will go because. There's been some injuries and some ins- uh, instability, uh, suspension to one of their uh, one of their starters um, before the before the start of the season. So that's sort of the main um, thing to watch. Like, can they hold up in pass protection and um, some of some of the offensive coordinators' plays? I mean, he's a genius as far as designing like schemes to get guys open and mm. running crossing routes and rub routes uh, are what they they're called. But um, That's kind of why I I see this as being a low-scoring game. Really? Um, Just because I was just explaining this uh, earlier today. Nebraska has new offensive coordinator, completely new offensive staff, along with all their new um, personnel player-wise. They have new offensive coordinator, new offensive line coach, new receivers coach, and a new running backs coach. So the only assistant still intact is the tight ends coach, who's one of the best tight ends coaches in America. But – all those new faces, it's week zero is what they call it. It's the first game of the year. The defense is always ahead of the offense traditionally. Throw in an overseas trip to Ireland from the middle of uh, the U.S. all the way to Ireland. So have all these different things coalescing on offense from an X's and O's football standpoint and then um, add all those other extenuating factors. So that's why I'm kind of looking like it could be a defensive game. So maybe that would play in Northwestern's favor, but Nebraska also has one of the better def- had one of the better defenses in, in college football last year. So, just another interesting little uh, factor all rolled into one uh, one game to start off the season. How
1: like? I mean, you talk about being 13.5 favorites. I assume that there is an element of guesswork that goes into that favorites tag this early in the season, that you're week zero, and obviously with college sports, is going to be a huge turnover every single season. Is that the case where basically in week zero you've got more chance of an upset happening
2: uh, when it comes to uh, flying in the face of predictions than any other week? Well, and especially with this one, because of, like I said, the travel. I mean, both teams have mm. to do it. So, um, But Northwestern is at a little bit more of a disadvantage because they got here a day late. Um, and as I was just explaining, uh, from personal experience, getting here a day earlier would be really nice to have, like, yeah. the jet lag kind of mm. um, dissipate. Because I was supposed to get here Wednesday morning and uh, multiple flight delays and missed connecting flights because of those delays pushed me back a whole day. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, like, kind of um, flying by to of my pants a little bit. And I'm like, all right, that does make a difference, even though you're not, like, necessarily wouldn't think of that, or you might roll your eyes like, oh, it's just, it's just one day, but Northwestern's at a slight disadvantage of that, but to get back to your question, yeah, um, when when the oddsmakers make those lines, like it's unbelievable, the process, the analytical process that goes into it. Um, a lot of it's returning production from the previous season, so uh, Nebraska's returning on defense, at least. Um, one of the better front sevens defensive line and linebackers um, in, in the conference, and uh, you are bringing in, like, I don't know how big recruiting is in Ireland. With, uh, that doesn't happen. basically. Yeah.
0: Well, unless you're Chemical croaks and you're uh, stealing some of the... It doesn't really happen.
2: Right. <laughs> and, and then on the flip side, Northwestern's kind of one of those cyclical programs. Like, two years ago, they were um, in the Big Ten, the conference championship game, and had one of their better seasons in the last decade. And then last year, I think they were 2-10, and 10, I want to say, some, uh, somewhere along those lines. So, it's like Northwestern's a very hard school to recruit to and get um, top tier talent so they have to develop them over the course of two, three, four years. So every like seems like every third, fourth year they'll have a pretty standout team. But um, that kind of all goes into a traditional. But you're you're right, uh kind of on the right path there if there's a little bit of guesswork just because it is so early, and it's like what what do we know? We don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. What um
0: obviously a big chance for uh, some of the Nebraska edge defenders with the excitement that's around the player who's touted for the uh, for future NFL in uh, Skaronsky. What who should we be looking out for? Like if I'm there tomorrow now, what's give me some names and numbers here that I should be mark, mark my card essentially.
2: Uh, for I would go with the Nebraska side because that's what I'm obviously most yeah. familiar with. But um, Casey Thompson, number eleven, the quarterback. Um, there's. A quarterback battle like uh, for who would be the starter between Casey Thompson and uh, Chubba Purdy. They're both transfers. Casey Thompson's from Texas. Chubba Purdy's from Florida State. And sort of a battle back and forth, but it was funny because I think um, from the sources that, that I was talking to and just in um, in general, like the rumblings you hear, it's like, all right, this is Casey Thompson's job to lose. Um, and then Scott Frost, their head coach, came out and said that like about three weeks ago. So it kind of felt like Casey was going to win that win that job all along but he's in American football you are typically especially these days you're going to go as far as your quarterback will take you and especially in an offensive system like Nebraska has under their new coordinator so um, he's far and away the number one uh, player to watch and he's experienced from games at Texas like he's put up stats he's put up some big numbers before Mm -hmm. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see new environment he'd Had a a shoulder injury, shoulder surgery in the off season that he was kind of working his way through. So that's the by far the number one thing that I'm most interested in. General fans would be most interested in um, because he has a he has an arm. I mean, he's he's extremely talented. Just will that kind of show itself on the field. But then after that, I mean, if we're flipping to the um, defensive side of the ball, Nebraska has three of the best, like uh, maybe like collectively three of the best edge rushers, like defensive ends, and um, Garrett Nelson, number 44, O'Shawn Mathis, number 32, and Caleb Tanner, number two. we um, there There's been a lot of discussion, like if these three guys all get on the field at the same time in pass rushing situations, then like they could tee off, and there could be some electric plays with a sack fumble or an interception return for a touchdown. Um, and then Nebraska has two of the best linebackers, probably the best linebacking doer, or one of them in the Big Ten, and Luke Reimer, Nick Heinrich. So, um, a lot of names to, to kind of keep track of, but if we're boiling it down to just one, to mm-hmm. keep it simple, Casey Thompson, number 11, is is the guy to keep an eye on. Give me enough to bluff my way through tomorrow's act. Yeah. So yeah. I was going like to say, just listen back to this. I'm going to be taking notes it. from that. That's, yeah.
0: that's <laughs> the, I've been to um, a game in Boston College before and a game in um, South Bend not that long ago, and uh, they are incredible. Uh, Occasions that we, as an Irish audience, um, really struggle to get our heads around the the scale of it, but they are—they're huge. It's obviously a monster sport in the U.S., and they are huge spectacles apart from anything else, aren't they?
2: Oh yeah, college football. It's interesting, especially in the South. Like uh, if you're going to Alabama, Louisiana, or or Mississippi, um, it's like a completely new. It's like a completely different world. Like LSU, it's in Louisiana, Louisiana State. it's like if you go down there I think like the town population like almost doubles in size on a game day just because of how many people kind of flock. Mm-hmm. It's like um it's an event. And I was just actually saying that in the in the Uber over here to the, to my driver, it's like college football and like just sports in general are are an event and it's like a completely different culture, um for college football. I was kinda curious because I've been talking about this a little bit, um, about American football in Ireland. I mean, do you guys Do you guys feel like American football has a chance of sticking here? Because I'm kind of getting the sense that no.
1: Oh, well, um, American football or college football, I guess it's entirely different questions. I think American football has stuck already. There's a huge, huge American football market, but it's NFL-based. I think the college game, I think the unique selling point is always going to be around the pageantry. And around the color that you have the college games that is unparalleled, even to a degree when you compare it with NFL teams. And I think that that probably is the, the way of tapping into the Irish psyche is the occasion around those college games, seeing a town completely taken over. It's almost, it's, it's in a way, it's almost akin to Gaelic games here, where it's like pride of place and it's it's like a. A, a town like, uh, like say, the University of Alabama that is known for nothing other than the University of Alabama. What, what's the name of the town? Uh, yeah, Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa, yeah. sorry, yeah. So, like, I mean, the only reason I've ever heard of that is because of the, the university and the football team, and it's just that attachment with that team, with that football team that gives that sense of identity to the people of Tuscaloosa. That's my read on it, and I think that that's quite similar to... Gaelic games and a lot of small towns around Ireland so I think yeah. that's probably the, the sort of theme. my
2: understanding of of um, Gaelic games and hurling was uh, again conversation I think Michael was the Uber driver's name telling me that's very like you said community based like you're in a parish growing up mm-hmm. and then yeah. you kind of like the best players stick with that that community that team throughout their their careers, yeah. if, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So no, I
0: think it's a good that that comparison is a good one. And listen, I know the people are going to be turning out in their thousands tomorrow as well. So uh, we look forward to that. thanks, Millie, for coming in, Zach Carpenter, and uh, good luck with the game tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, we'll see which way it goes. I'll be watching this and repeat and taking my little notes from it as well ahead of the Airlingus College, College Football Classic tomorrow, uh, Nebraska up against Northwestern. OTB
2: AM with Gillette.